Cloud infrastructure security. What are some of the new strategies and solutions that organizations can learn from the pioneers? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. It's my pleasure to be discussing this topic today with Carson Sweet. He's the CEO and founder of Cloud Passage. Carson, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Carson, to dive right into the topic, it seems like infrastructure security really used to be simple. What are some of the factors that have caused it to become dramatically more complex for organizations? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, It it used to be fairly straightforward because infrastructure was very static and relatively slow-moving in terms of the rate of change. Uh, There are several factors that have really uh, changed the way that security organizations have to come at security for infrastructure and really limits them in in many ways to what they can do. There are about five I'll touch on very quickly. The first is virtualization of the infrastructure itself. So as we see more infrastructure moving from a traditional hardware deployment model to virtualized servers, virtualized networks, software-defined networking, and so forth, uh, these virtualized environments uh, obviate the ability to control the actual physical underlying infrastructure, the physical underlying topologies, uh, the IP addressing and so forth, uh, which now is very dynamic and, and uh, sort of uh, determined by computer systems as opposed to being relatively fixed. And that causes a big problem because we've relied on this sort of fixed physical environment and fixed subnetworks and the ability to put hardware devices directly into the you know, hardware components of, of the network itself in order to make security work. So the virtualization of all things infrastructure is is probably the biggest uh, that's challenging security organizations. Uh, And the second is control. Uh, The infrastructure environments used to be essentially data centers. So everything was behind our four walls. Uh, The bad guys were on the outside. We had firewalls and layers of perimeter security to protect the good stuff on the inside. And that was a very simple model. Now we're actually pushing things out, you know, into public cloud environments in many cases. And even financial services are heading down this road, the benefits of that model are are simply too compelling uh, to ignore. And as a result, we suddenly are in a situation where you don't control the physical environment again. You don't control the operational environments. Uh, You're really limited uh, to the virtual devices themselves in terms of what you can touch and make security modifications to. So that's a complexity that security organizations are struggling with. The third is more platforms. So we had our hardware platforms, and we had a few hypervisor platforms. Most organizations uh, had one or two, really, and that was it. With, you know, very modern, very contemporary data center infrastructure environments, you're looking at multiple virtualization platforms internally, multiple flavors of VMware. You're looking at VMware vCloud. Most organizations are working with OpenStack now. Then when you start to add public cloud environments into the mix, particularly for organizations who are growing through acquisition, you could end up with two, three, four different public cloud providers like Amazon Web Services and Rackspace and IBM Software. So just the the sheer number of environments and and the fact that each one of these environments has different capabilities and different constraints is a very complex problem. The level of distribution of applications is is really different. You know, it's it's very similar to back in the 90s when we went from mainframe-based computing to client-server distributed computing that distribution of the computing elements off of one giant computer to many smaller computers that were relatively close to each other physically uh, has now once again evolved 
into an environment where you actually want, it's desirable from a computing perspective to broadly distribute these computing resources. And again, when you start to think about the way we've done security for years, very heavily reliant on network security and physical topology and proximity of things to one another, uh, that massive distribution that cloud infrastructure enables, again, creates challenges in the old models. Finally, the rate of change, and, and this is one we hear a lot, and, and Cloud Passage works a lot with customers to address. The rate of change in a traditional data center environment was relatively slow. Uh, changes did happen, but they happened on the order of magnitude of, of weeks to months, uh, typically. Uh, really, the applications now, uh, the application deployment models that are using cloud infrastructure, these infrastructure environments are truly software-defined, and they start to look a lot like software in terms of the rate of change. And change is fundamentally the enemy of security and compliance. If you build a system, it doesn't change much. It's static. You can prove it hasn't changed. Really not a lot to do. As things do continue to change, however, and the rate of change increases, there's just more raw work that the security and compliance organizations have to do to continually verify and prove to auditors and regulators that those environments are still in a state that meets uh, regulatory requirements and internal standards. Let me ask you about another factor, the regulatory landscape. Now, particularly for financial institutions, but also for other sectors, this is also more complex. So how does this regulatory landscape further challenge organizations when it comes to securing their infrastructure? Uh, financial services is one of the most regulated sectors in the world, obviously. You know, the, the regulators and the auditors, the, the public, you know, big four auditors, they're getting their heads around cloud. They're realizing that this is a very different model and that there are new risks that have been introduced. And uh, they're really putting a lot of focus on that. We're hearing much more about uh, auditors that are focused a lot more on transformation from a traditional environment that's been, you know, pretty steady state for years and everybody knows how security is getting done. They're very comfortable with it. When auditors see a major disruption like cloud infrastructure, they sort of put, put themselves on red alert. So the, the fear and the uncertainty and the doubt that the regulators and the auditors come in with uh, which translates into scrutiny and the amount of attention that those environments get uh, is amplified dramatically. So within FinServe and particularly any other heavily regulated industry, you know, the federal space, you know, payment providers, uh, things that are PCI-oriented, all of these areas are getting even more scrutiny around cloud infrastructure transformation. So that makes it uh, harder on the other side of the equation for the security and compliance organizations. On the one hand, they've got a whole new environment they have to deal with. They've got a whole set of tools they have to figure out. On the other side, they've got regulators and auditors that are, you know, really, really deeply scrutinizing these environments because they are new. So it, it does make things more complex. Carson, you talked about tools. In terms of tools and skills, where do you see organizations having their biggest security gaps? I think it really is in tools. Uh, that That's probably the biggest uh, challenge that, that we hear and see. Really, the, the interesting thing about the infrastructure environments is that the requirements haven't changed much. You still have a very you know specific set of requirements that have to be met, uh, and those those requirements like Sarbanes-Oxley, like FFIC standards and so on, they change slowly. So you still need to deliver strong access control. You still need to deliver configuration validation. You still have to deliver threat management. You still have to deliver visibility and oversight into all these different environments, including the change of these environments. So the requirements haven't changed. What's changed are the delivery parameters. So now you have to be able to deliver all of those things in an environment where you don't always control the physical environment. You don't always have control of the network. 
you don't always have the ability to dictate uh, the way that hardware is being built. You don't have the ability to deploy hardware-accelerated appliances in the network because all that's been virtualized and a lot of it is now not in your control. So the lack of tools that reconcile the need to deliver the, the existing standards that we've done for years in this new technical environment and, and this, this you know, multitude of new technical environments that security teams are faced with, that's really the challenge. So the question for security organizations is, what do we do next? Now that we can't rely on perimeters, we can't rely on appliances, we can't rely on hardware-accelerated security functionality, how do we do security next? And really, the security market has struggled to come along and figure out the right models, and that's one area that we focus heavily on as a company is, what is a model that works in any of these environments that works at the kinds of scale and the rate of change that financial services and other organizations are seeing as they make the transformation. So really, tools are, are the big challenge. Uh, in terms of skill sets, that's, that's another sort of interesting one. Really, the hot new skill we're seeing security organizations struggling to, to procure, to acquire, is big data. So the amount of change associated with these cloud environments, the number of systems that, have, that are in scope for an audit, the number of systems that uh, are ephemeral that are up for a short period of time. For example, a big data uh, analytics capability that comes up for a few weeks and, and a year, that's still in scope for an annual audit. Uh, so the amount of data that's got to be collected, crunched, sliced, diced, and presented to auditors, and also the amount of data that's got to be considered and analyzed for threat analytics, vulnerability scanning, all the things you, you think about in a relatively slow-moving environment, those are really becoming big data problems, and, and that's one of the ways we approach it. So we do see organizations struggling to get the big data talent. Uh, that's a very hot space, a very hot sector in and of itself, and the ability for security organizations to pry big data uh, analysts away from the big data startups and the big data companies uh, that are out there you know, doing great things, it's, it's very difficult to do that. So that's probably the, the single biggest uh, skill area that we, we see sort of some challenges in. Well, we've laid out the challenges and the gaps nicely. I want to ask you about a couple of scenarios and for you to give me some pros and cons. So let's start with trying to build in-house solutions. What are the pros and cons? Probably the biggest uh, challenge with trying to build it in-house is, honestly, just making it work. Uh, you know, Cloud Passage invested about $20 million and spent about uh, two years really getting the model that we deploy right and making it work in any environment and making it work at scale. And it is tempting, uh, particularly for organizations that are using uh, lots of open source, have big development teams, have big security teams. But the reality is, you know, each time we see a, a major disruption, and cloud infrastructure is a bigger disruption than anything we've seen really, in my, in my opinion, since distributed computing, there's always this, this need to sort of figure out how to get it right. And in the past, we've seen organizations, not just with cloud infrastructure, but with other you know, areas of security that have required evolution. They, they try to build it themselves. They'll experiment. They may actually build something. Uh, the thing that comes to mind immediately is key management. Lots of FinServe organizations built their own encryption key management, but they soon learn they don't want to own it. So they, they'll try to build it. They'll get a team that's enthusiastic about it, but soon they realize that it has to be maintained. That infrastructure itself is going to be audited. There's a lot of security controls and so forth that have to go into that. Uh, so for an organization to build that themselves can be a, a real challenge. Uh, the other thing that we see is there are really three major disruptions, not just cloud infrastructure, but there are other disruptions that the security organizations are having to deal with. Uh, the, the two largest ones outside of uh, cloud infrastructure are software as a service. So these you know, organizations are using SaaS applications. 
security teams have to deal with that security and, and risk issue. Uh, the second uh, big one uh, outside of cloud infrastructure is mobile. So bring your own device. How do you secure those mobile devices? So security teams have sort of a, a triple whammy that has landed on top of them. They have to deal with cloud infrastructure transformation. They have to deal with mobile device security, and they have to deal with software as a service utilization. They really don't have time to go out and build their own thing, and, and that's one of the reasons that we've had good success with organizations coming to us and considering and, in many cases, deploying and using the product that we provide because it does address the need and it doesn't distract the relatively limited resources that they have to focus on going out and creating a product. Well, a good time to ask about the opposite then. What are some of the pros and cons of aligning with a third-party cloud infrastructure security service? But probably the biggest one is speed to value. These issues have really hit the security organizations quickly. Uh, they, they no longer are able to stand in front of the cloud train and say, no, we're not going to do it. Again, the benefits of cloud infrastructure are just too great. Uh, the flexibility, the ability to get to market faster, uh, the ability to use OPEX dollars instead of CAPEX dollars, all of these things are extremely compelling to the businesses. So the security organizations really have been hit with this problem very quickly, just in the last two years. It's been very fast. So they haven't had time to, to ramp up. They haven't had time to get ready, and no one's walking into the CISO's office and saying, okay, you need to deal with cloud security and SaaS and mobile, and here's 50 more people. They're being asked to do this with the resources they have today. So they're looking for something that is quick. They're looking for something that can scale economically uh, to help them address the cost issues with this. And you know, many of the, the solutions that are out there today, most are relatively new, are built for that. That's, that's one big benefit. The second is that the solution providers like Cloud Passage, we've been down this road dozens of times already, and we've modified our product over time, so we're not starting from zero. So these companies get the benefit of us having looked at this set of problems, addressed the set of problems, been, you know, stepped on the mines, figured out how to get around the issues, so they don't have to do that. And the third big benefit that they have is they don't have to maintain it over time. So again, given the amount of net new requirements that security organizations have on top of them today, they don't have a requirement ongoing to sort of care and feed for the systems. Using a third-party solution gives them the ability to simply sit in the chair, pilot the solution, not have to worry about actually building it, maintaining it, and making it work, which is, a, which is a huge undertaking in and of itself. When I introduced this conversation, I spoke about the pioneers in cloud infrastructure security. Carson, in your experience, what can we learn from the experiences of some of these pioneers? So I think that the, the folks that really dove in early on in the cloud infrastructure, uh, I think the biggest thing that we can learn from them is that it's not the same. <clears throat> that it's, it's not a matter of, you know, both on the cloud infrastructure side and on the security side, from the cloud infrastructure side, simply building a cloud environment or you know, purchasing a cloud environment from Amazon or IBM and then forklifting applications out there, that's not the way it works. You really do need to re-architect applications in order to get the most benefit from a cloud environment. And that gives security organizations the opportunity to revisit how security gets done in those environments. Uh, and it, it secondarily drives the requirement that there is a set of different ways that these things have to be done. Again, you can't use uh, existing models like gateway models, like appliance models. I think the second big thing that we've learned from the pioneers is that the rate of change is going to be dramatically different. 
And, you know, again, where software-defined infrastructure and software-defined networking is literally programmable, and it can be dynamically changed very easy on the fly, and change control goes away because these are automated tools that are making these changes. There's no more change control. The rate of change that security organizations have to address, that's another big takeaway that when we look at the folks who have done this, the early adopters who have adopted these models very, very early on, they really taught us that. And, and those are two of the, of the really uh, gigantic things. The third, particularly on the public cloud infrastructure side, is that the cloud provider is not going to do everything for you. And that's a big one that we heard a lot very early on. The assumption was that if we use cloud infrastructure, that you know, the, the cloud infrastructure provider is going to do everything for us. The reality is that a very clear-cut shared responsibility model has evolved in which the cloud provider will take care of a large portion of the common security needs that all of their customers require, but your specific requirements, once they hand you that virtualized infrastructure, that's the, the end user's requirement to deal with. And that's been a big thing that uh, a lot of security organizations have struggled a bit to get around. We think that it's, it's sort of seated itself now as, a, as sort of a de facto standard. But there are a lot of organizations that are just dipping their toes in that still need to get their heads around that. Let's end with a piece of advice here. Carson, what fundamental tip would you offer to organizations today on how they should begin to assess and then mitigate their infrastructure security risks? Probably the most important thing to do out of the gate is to understand what your organization is actually doing with cloud infrastructure. In a lot of cases, security organizations get pulled in later. We see a lot of cloud infrastructure initiatives being driven from the business unit level. Uh, we see a lot of sort of skunk works or shadow IT projects that are being deployed in infrastructures where there might be a traditional environment. Folks are trying out OpenStack. They may actually be deploying some things on a public cloud. So figuring out the right folks to talk to to figure out what is actually happening is number one. Uh, I think the second key piece of advice, especially for financial services organizations, is to talk to the auditors, talk to the regulators about how they're going to view the risks. What are the concerns about using public cloud? What are the concerns about private cloud? What are their concerns about the new rate of change? How are they seeing other organizations address this issue? So sort of getting, getting the view from the actual regulators, the auditors, the folks that are going to judge the, the risks, the risk posture of these environments later, very key. And I think the third big piece of advice is, is very early on to determine who owns what piece of cloud infrastructure security. Now that you've got virtualized networks, you've got virtualized infrastructure, it's not a matter of the security team and the network team anymore. Now you've got the cloud operations team involved. You've got the actual application developers that are now moving to, to a model that we call DevOps, where developers and the operations team that run applications are one. So you have situations where they may own some component of cloud security. You may virtualize you know, network access control, for example, up to the level where the actual application support team is dealing with their own network access control, as opposed to giving them a subnet where they can simply have the network security team set up a, a simple set of rules. Now it needs to be dynamic. So understanding who owns what and what that's going to look like, I think, you know, really takes a lot of the friction out of the process of getting a model and a strategy in place uh, that can be sustainable over time. Carson, that's great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Have a great day, and thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks to the audience for joining in. The topic has been cloud infrastructure security. I've been speaking with Carson Sweet, CEO and founder of Cloud Passage. For Information Security Media Group, 
I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.